So it's uh, it's been two weeks. Anybody watch anything good? No. <laughs> no. Nothing? I, hey, guess what? <laughs> Zach is wrong and Wonder Woman was really good. <gasps> Garbage. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, Wonder Woman was, I think, if not equally as good, maybe a little bit better than the first one because I was at least interested in the climactic battle. Mm. I think I think they did really well in the climactic battle. Climactic battle, yeah. what her and Cheetah that. <laughs> no, when uh, when her and uh, when when her and the Mando have their little heart to heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I, I guess just... I guess that's a battle if you call it. I mean, I don't think they had to battle, but she just seemed like she's just laying there whispering. I, I like that <laughs> that true to a Wonder Woman form. Yeah, the 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 climax was not that she had to punch her way out of it, but that she used diplomacy, being a diplomat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, I think that's mm. a, a much more powerful statement than if she just ran up in there punching dudes. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. I just didn't think she said anything particularly moving to me or uh, I don't know. Just didn't hit for me. That's fine. Well, I'm going to tell you what superhero film that most people missed out on. That was better than Wonder Woman. Robert Rodriguez's We Can Be Heroes. (laughs) It was incredible. Nice. I liked it as much as I like Spy Kids 2, which everybody knows is the best Spy Kids movie. Excellent. I, uh. Also, I, I enjoyed Soul. Um, I, I wish I'd have liked it more, but I, I really I'm, liked it. I'm, I'm right with you. I think it's a good film. It's solid. It's amusing. And I'm going to say something that I don't say for a lot of things. They should have replaced Tina Fey in that film. You know, I, yeah, that kind of hurts to hear and, 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 and agree with. I'll say it's a good film. I think Inside Out is a better version of that concept. Yeah. Yeah, and I can agree uh, with that. And again, I think Tina Fey is such a wink link in the film that they should have replaced her. And uh, I'm going to say Tiffany Haddish should have played her. OK, I can see I, that. I know she's in literally everything these days and she was in <laughs> Lego Movie 2. But I, she she has a pathos that she carries really well. And I think she could have been a better 22. Do you know, I uh, I looked absolutely nothing up on that movie before I watched it. And do you know who I immediately loved and knew who it was? Uh, Richard Ayoade? No, Trent fucking Reznor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> that man knows how to rock four keys on a keyboard. Did I did I show you the uh, the the tweet conversation I had with uh, Dan of a film in a movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, there's going to be so much dog jingling in the background because they will not leave this room. <laughs> so, apologize. Um, uh, me and Dan from a film and a movie got into it about Soul, and I said something about... Uh, or he was saying that he couldn't imagine younger kids enjoying the movie that much. It's like, well, my six-year-old liked it. He's like, oh, that's good, because I got a couple of four-year-olds, and... I'm hoping they'll be able to enjoy it. I was like, oh, I got a four-year-old too. And and he seemed to enjoy it, but I think it was mostly because it was bright colors. Mm-hmm. And he's also a Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross fan. <laughs> Four-year-olds, nice. am I right? Uh, so, so he replies, yeah, my kids are Reznor purists. They won't even, they, they love Nine Inch Nails so much that they won't even listen to his score. <laughs> awesome. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And yeah, other than that though, I have been uh getting my brain melted by incredibly bad TV because oh. the wife uh started watching True Blood. <laughs> and I, uh, I started My Hero Academia yesterday like, or a couple days ago. I I still haven't seen My Hero Academia. I know Trav and Banks are really big on it. Yeah. Uh, um so Zach had asked me to let him know once I get to season two if it starts to pick up. Um, have you ever watched any other shonen anime? Probably. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, so. yeah. Um, you've seen My Hero Academia. <laughs> I, I swear yeah. to God, if, if if it's possible for them to make one that uh, doesn't have a goddamn tournament for some no fucking reason, uh-huh. then uh, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> uh, I do like the first like three seasons of True Blood just because it is grimy and and just high melodrama i'm down for that shit all the time i i like watching it and going 
fuck, Stephanie Meyer is worse than I thought. Because it's literally the same fucking thing, just with a lot more tits. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Like, a lot. <laughs> Taking notes here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is not one person, I think, in that show where I have not seen their genitalia. That's fair. Or boobs. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Except for Skarsgård. But you know that dude's just rocking this, like, baby's arm holding an apple. He just kind of oh. has big dick energy the entire time. I got to get the third episode of The Stand. Thank you for reminding me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I, I did. Uh, uh, I also watched Birds of Prey, which I really did like. Yes. Uh, great film. And uh, finally got to see Jingle Jangle back before Christmas. So that was that was nice. But yeah. I also want to point out uh our producer Trav is listening to our conversation and I'm getting some notes here on the side. Don't go trashing my hero. I won't stand for it. So thank you, Trav. <laughs> I knew you were listening and uh, it's not bad. It's just, I I've seen DBC, Yu Yu Hakusho, Inuyasha, One Piece. I I've seen these things. So I've, I've already seen my hero. <laughs> First, I'm going to try to shoot these dogs out of this fucking room because they're driving. Swear to God, I thought you said you were going to shoot the dogs out of the room. <laughs> He's got a dog shooter. It's a you know like a rocket launcher, but you just put the dog. <laughs> they fly and they land softly <laughs> on a on a couch. It's like a one of those uh, t-shirt cannons. Yes, just for puppies. Mm -hmm. I had uh, my wife uh, hard boiled some eggs in the Instapot. I was like, ooh, I gotta have me one of those. Nice. And I brought it to my office. Now my office smells like fart. Oh, downfall of the hard-boiled egg. Yeah. Damn <laughs> if they're not delicious. Yes. Ugh. We ordered Chinese food the other night, and so I've been eating leftovers, and I just feel like I'm <laughs> loaded with salt and MSG. Have we ever had the conversation of me and Chinese food? No, I don't think so, we have. So I'm a very picky eater, which is really surprising with how large a fellow I am. Um, like, I just don't like anything at all so when the wife wants chinese food i'll order sweet and sour chicken mm -hmm. but i don't like sweet and sour so basically <laughs> what i'm ordering is chicken nuggets yeah <laughs> super picky i have all these like i have a, my neighbor next door i uh shoveled up her driveway when we had like good eight to ten inches of snow the other day mm -hmm. and she's like i'm gonna cook you dinner i'm like please don't <laughs> Like, I feel really bad when people say they're going to make me something. I'm just like, I'm not going to eat it. I'm yeah. super fucking picky. Okay. <laughs> I'm back. Welcome back. What's up? I let Zaphod out, and Princess had no interest in going when I let him out. So, Well, yeah, oh. because she's like, fuck, he's gone. Yeah, so Princess, of course, is like, oh, you're recording something. Let me go outside now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Shall we talk about a movie? Let's talk about a movie. Let's do it. beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman and i'm jonathan pierce and i'm zach mccoy and we are your oscar grouches welcome back to the oscar worthy podcast a show where we discuss oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the academy went wrong if they went wrong and what film are we watching this week zach we are watching how green was my valley a moving tale about a welsh family from a coal mining town who struggle to see the green in the valley because they live in a black and white world very nice indeed and I will have some notes on that. But first, is this everybody's first time watching this film? Yes. It was. First time even hearing about it. It mm. was not my first time. I'm sure that shocks everyone. <laughs> well, with the lover of John Ford that you are, I am not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is one of those ones I got on. I rented or got from... Uh, Netflix back in the DVD days mm -hmm. just because I was trying to watch more John Ford films because I had seen the searchers and I was like, Oh, I want to see more stuff by that guy. Yeah. Fair. Mm -hmm. Fair. So, uh, 
I need an Oscar break now. Because what the fuck this year? <laughs> All right. So uh, the most nominations for the night goes to Sergeant York at 11. And How Green Was My Valley walks away with five. The most one on the night. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, of course, it picks up uh, Best Picture beating Blossoms in the Dust, Citizen Kane, Here Comes Mr. Jordan, Hold Back the Dawn, The Little Foxes, The Maltese Falcon, One Foot in Heaven, Sergeant York, and Alfred Hitchcock's Suspicion. Hmm. That's, uh, that's a lineup. That That is a lineup. 1941 was bat and strong, guys. Yes. Yeah. Uh, John Ford picks up uh, Best Director, his third one. He is the second person after Frank Capra to win three director Oscars. Very shiny. Very shiny. He beats out the likes of Orson Welles, Alexander Hall, Howard Hawks, and the man who almost directed this film, William Wyler. And again, I will get more on that later. Okay. Uh, Gary Cooper picks up Best Actor for playing Sergeant York, Hmm. which he is excellent in. That is a really good film if you've never seen it. I actually haven't. Uh, Joan Fontaine, who, of course, everybody remembers from the 1940 uh, Best Picture winner, Rebecca, wins for her next team up with Alfred Hitchcock's Suspicion. Uh, She is the only actress to ever win an acting Oscar for a Hitchcock film. Wow. Only actor in general. Nobody else has won an acting Oscar. Wow. Uh, and the story of the night revolves around Joan Fontaine and her blood feud with her sister, Olivia de Havilland, who was nominated for Hold Back the Dawn. And apparently all eyes were on them the entire night until that category was announced. Damn. She also beats out then Academy President Betty Davis, who, uh, you know, already has two. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, how Green Was My Valley was not nominated for either of those categories, but it does win Best Supporting Actor for Donald Crisp, who oh. plays Gwillem Morgan. Yes. The father. And he deserved it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he beats out three-time winner Walter Brennan and Sidney Greenstreet for The Maltese Falcon, who is one of my favorite actors of that era. Mm-hmm. Uh Mary Astor wins Best Supporting Actress for The Great Lie. She beats out Sarah Allgood, who plays Beth Morgan for How Green Was My Valley. Uh, Citizen Kane wins Best Original Screenplay. Yeah, a uh, little surprised on uh, the lack of a lot of Citizen Kane love in this uh, year. We'll get to yeah. that, but I oh, will. I'm sure we will. <laughs> but I will say that uh, Citizen, uh, Orson Welles was treated to a chorus of boos when he won for a screenplay. Really? Screenplay that if you've seen the movie Mank, he apparently did not write a word of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Gary Oldman's there at the end. <laughs> I, yeah. What was the line? I forget what he says, but he basically says, F you Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, uh, here comes Mr. Jordan. Okay, so Citizen Kane won Best Original Screenplay. Here comes Mr. Jordan wins Best Screenplay based on the play Heaven Can Wait by Harry Siegel. And I will say it probably didn't deserve it over Maltese Falcon, but I watched that film this week and it was charming. Mm. Sure. Um, also has a Criterion release. So yes. if you're thinking about some Criterion films, I would recommend Here Comes Mr. Jordan. Look, look. Uh, it also wins Best Original Story. So we're still figuring out what's going on with the, the screenplay categories here. Yeah, sure. We add a new category for best documentary. Oh, sweet. So 1941, the year documentaries make their entrance into the world. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with how well newsreels are going over in the world. So, mm-hmm. hey, let's start seeing how the world, how the world's doing. And uh, a film called Churchill's Island from the National Film Board of Canada and United Artists wins the first best documentary. Okay. Sweet. All right. Best live action short subject. One reel goes to of pups in puzzles. That's that sounds delightful. I <laughs> might, like, that sounds that. like, what, why did that not win everything? <laughs> yeah, right. 
<laughs> and just because of the mental picture I have, just little puppies trying to put little puzzle pieces together, but they can't because they're part too big for the puzzle. They don't work. They got no thumbs. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Let, let's let's get more of that niceness in the world. Uh, Main Street on the march wins best live action short subject to real. There you go. All right, guys. Here it is. Podcast within a podcast. Well, Are yeah. you Oscar watch? Are you ready for Walt Disney Oscar watch this week? I'm ready. It is kind of insane. Ooh. All right. All right. So, uh, best short subject cartoon, of course, goes to Walt Disney for a film called Lend Me a Paw. So, more, it's probably the sequel to Pups and Puzzles. Hmm. Of course, of course, yeah. Could the puppies need help? They do. With the puzzles. Help me. I don't have opposable thumbs. Mm-hmm. Okay, Walt Disney. And I know I normally save these to the end, but it's Walt Disney Oscar Watch, so I got to cover them all. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney wins a special Academy Award for uh, Walt Disney, William Garrity, John N. A. Hawkins, and the RCA Manufacturing Company for their outstanding contribution to the advancement of the use of sound in motion picture through the production of Fantasia, Ooh. which was Walt okay. Disney's first flop. Yeah. Because people are uncultured. That's true. Um, yeah. Fantasia rules, and uh, they gave him a special Academy Award for how much it rules. Yeah. Good. Good, good. And Walt Disney picks up the Irving G. Thalberg Award. <laughs> well, you know. For being yeah. everywhere. Yeah, just yeah. doing everything. Uh, so he picks up three Academy Awards on the night, making his number... 11, 12, and 13 in 11 years. Incredible. Uh, so, Walt Disney Oscar watch. Walt Disney is a monster who just cannot be stopped. <laughs> he will gobble up all of your Academy Awards. <laughs> and if that wasn't enough, Mr. Walt Disney, uh, Dumbo also wins an Academy Award for best scoring of a musical picture. Yeah, because yeah, you're going to cry. My God, listen. All right. (laughs) I had to sit there and watch my wife singing that to my daughter a couple weeks ago. Now I just started. Why would you do that in front of another human being? Right. (laughs) That's terrorism. (sighs) I think it's I think it is terrorism, like a slight, you know, when your wife is like, you just put me through this. I'm going to sing this in front of you and make you cry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it it was not cool. We had a conversation afterward. If you're gonna make me cry like a baby, like punch me in the face or something, right? Um, so this year is the first year that we break up best scoring of a musical picture and best scoring of a dramatic picture. All that money can buy wins best scoring of a dramatic picture. The great Bernard Herman, my favorite composer of all time, wins his first Academy Award. Nice, nice. Uh. He does a lot of Hitchcock stuff uh, mm. and uh, scored Taxi Driver, which is one of my all-time favorite films. Oh, sure. wow. He beats out Alfred Newman for How Green Was My Valley. Alfred Newman is also nominated for Ball of Fire. <laughs> Just a thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And best original song goes to The Last Time I Saw Paris from Lady Be Good by music by Jerome Kern, lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein II, making him the one and only Oscar to win an Oscar. Nice. nice. <laughs> he, he will win more, but nobody else named Oscar has won one since. That's kind of wild. Uh, Oscar wild. Right? <laughs> I would actually like to get into some of the film, uh, some of the songs that it beat out. Are you ready for these? Yes. I'm going to bring up three that most people I think would know. Bookie Wookie Bugle Boy from Company B from Buck Private. <laughs> Little Andrew sisters there. Yes. Uh, the Chattanooga Choo Choo from Sun Valley Serenade. Oh, God. <laughs> We're getting into some awesome big bad stuff here. <laughs> and the aforementioned Baby Mind from Dumbo. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'm a little sad that didn't win, but. Baby Mind didn't win Best Song. Um, yeah. Mm. I guess they figured if they were giving it Best Musical Score, they just weren't going to give it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, with all that, Walt Disney technically takes home four Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
best sound recording goes to that Hamilton woman, uh, which beats out How Green Was My Valley. Best art direction goes to How Green Was My Valley for interior decoration, black and white, which, yes, Mm, mm. I will have more notes on that. Yeah. Uh, Sis Hopkins was withdrawn from the category. Uh, I wonder if person or a movie. Uh, that was a movie. Mm. Yeah, uh, uh, I've never heard of this film, but it got withdrawn. Its nomination got withdrawn from the category. Damn. It's not the last. There's two of those. But I'll get to the next one. Um, when I say best art direction, interior decoration, color goes to Blossoms in the Dust. Uh, best cinematography, black and white goes to How Green Was My Valley. Best cinematography, color goes to Blood and Sand. Mm. Uh, best film editing goes to Sergeant York beating out how green was my Valley and best special effects goes to, I wanted wings. And they started giving vote. They started giving it a two, two tiers, photographic effects and sound effects this year. And a film called dive bomber gets disqualified for the category. Disqualified. Did somebody die? I could not find any notes. I could not find any notes on why these things got taken out. I, Looked everywhere I could and communism. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll try to look it up before next week and bring that. Oh, to that's you. socialist talk. <laughs> yeah, they got hit by a ball of fire. Yeah, smack on right in the face. Okay. Uh, special awards. Ray Scott for his extraordinary achievement for producing Kukan, the film recorded record of China's struggles, including its photography with 60-millimeter camera under the most difficult and dangerous conditions. One goes wow. to the British Ministry of Information for its vivid and dramatic presentation for the heroism of the RAF in the documentary film Target for Tonight. Hmm. And Leopold Stokowski and his association and his associates for their unique achievement in the creation of a new form of visualized music in Walt Disney's production Fantasia, thereby widening the scope of the motion picture as entertainment and as an art form. Okay. Is wow. that all printed on the award? Yes. Nice. I, believe, <laughs> I believe special awards are given as certificates. So oh, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is literally printed on the award. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that's our Oscar breakdown for 1941. Very good. Very nice. All right. Thank you. National Film Registry. This film is in the National Film Registry. Hmm. Can you tell me what year? 95. 97. 1990. Oh, wow. Second uh, class. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, also in... Uh, for 1941 are, of course, first class nominees, Citizen Kane and the Maltese Falcon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sullivan's Travels gets in in 1990. So that's a second class. The Blood of Jesus gets in in 91. Uh, Lady Eve, a documentary called Kannapolis, North Carolina, a city I have been to and been to a baseball game. Nice. Nice. I don't, I don't particularly know why this documentary is on there, but do you know what Kannapolis is most famous for? Aside from this documentary. Baseball? <laughs> Salted peanuts. It is the birthplace of Dale Earnhardt Sr. Oh, uh, okay. He, he co-owned a baseball team in Kannapolis, North Carolina, his hometown, called, and are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. The Intimidators. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, it is about a 20-minute drive from Charlotte and... Uh, while I was down visiting some friends in Charlotte, I went and saw uh, Intimidators game. It was a lot of fun. Interesting. Sweet. Uh, Sergeant they all Bean- wear number three? All of them. Everybody. <laughs> I, I just couldn't think about it. I had this like big wall in front of my brain there. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I, actually have a, I actually have film of the moment I learned when Dale Earnhardt died. Oh, God. <laughs> I was doing a... Uh, I was doing a club concert with my punk band in high school and everybody in the crowd was looking at the TV and in the middle of a song I look up at the TV to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. died. It was bizarre and I still have that tape somewhere. Senior. Senior, not junior. Oh, uh, say junior? Yeah. Junior is still alive to my knowledge. <laughs> but you I know, mean, he's drinking know. lots of Mountain Dew. 
But you know, Diet Mountain Dew at that. Yeah. yeah. You know, it took two months for us to find out that MF Doom died. So. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Junior could be dead for all. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I don't wish that on him. No. No. Um, what has this podcast become? <laughs> We're starting to get into some drinking age movie qualities here. Is there any other dead people we want to talk about? <laughs> uh, I One thought of our state some... senators died of COVID. Yeah, I saw that. He was like 42. Yeah. Um, Sergeant York gets in in 2008. Our favorite film, Ball of Fire, gets in in 2016. <laughs> okay, I'm going to write this down so I don't forget a Ball of Fire. Yeah, when I listen back to this episode, I'll it's try to remember. A, what if it's just film of a ball of fire or like the sun or something? I don't know. It's got Gary Cooper and Barbara Stanwyck. Oh, okay. I'm kind of yeah. right now. Oh, it's a Howard Hawks film. Okay. Well, there you go. Screwball comedy at that. So I like screwball comics. And uh, our our final 1941 entrant, shockingly, took till 2017, Dumbo. Yeah, oh, really? that is. Huh. huh. Oh, God. Looking at Barbara Stanwyck's character in Ball of Fire is called Sugar Puss O'Shea. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go watch this movie. Now I've got to see this movie. Uh, okay. So now that we've discovered the podcast's new favorite movie, Ball of Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. So let's talk about this movie now. Let's. Um, I got to tell you guys, I, I was so meh this entire. There was not a like. I I didn't not like it. I I didn't super enjoy it. I was just never pulled into this movie at any point. This, this, it just, it like nothing was bad about it, but nothing just grabbed me, and I don't know what it was. And I was trying to pay attention. I'm just like, this is just not doing it for me, because hmm. I just didn't feel like I knew what this movie was even about. Like outside of right. just like, yeah, this is about Welsh coal miners. Yeah, but I mean, you hit it, it nail on the head right there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was expecting some, you know. I don't know. I just don't feel like I got story out of it. I just got a dramatization of Welsh coal miners. That's it. Yeah. The first half was very, um, it was just kind of like you're observing what's happening and there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, uh, actionable story items, I guess. But I really, I really enjoyed just watching the first half cause it was nice to look at. Um, beautiful filming and staging and simple and peaceful, kind of matched with the transition to the second half, which we'll talk more about, but so it's purposeful in that way, but yeah, I, I can get where it wasn't super engaging, but I liked the little slice of life kind of stuff going on. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm saying it's not a bad movie. I yeah. just don't feel like I, I mean, outside of the, like I always want there to be a bad guy. I just didn't want there to be an obvious Grima worm tongue in this movie. Like he was just, <laughs> The way the, he just kind of slouched over and was just so John Waters creepy. You talking about the deacon? Yeah, the yeah, deacon. That, that just, dude was oh. <laughs> awesomely despicable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I love this movie, every frame of it. Uh, and, and I'm not surprised by that. And it's not even me thinking you're being pretentious about it. I could see people enjoying this film. And I did enjoy myself watching this movie, and I'm happy that I did but I just feel so middle of the road about it. Yeah. I just, I I like it for kind of the same reason. I like the film boyhood where you're just kind of there. Yeah. It's almost documentary. Yeah. Where you're just watching things happen and these things happen in spurts. They, you, you see a scene, you see how that affects the people and they carry that on to the next scene. But the next scene doesn't necessarily have to be part of, yeah, right. continuing narrative. Yeah. yeah, so those things are always looming in the background, and I kind of like that. Uh, they they did what I wish Cimarron was able to do. Yeah, it, you know I know we talk about pacing a lot, and I feel like this movie definitely was paced really well. Yeah, um, I never felt rushed or it was moving too slow at any point. Um, I don't think if I ever gathered the amount of time this movie went over. Um, but I, 
yeah, it, like I said, it just paced really well. Didn't feel yeah bad. It was really, really, really well made as you know as characteristic of a John Ford movie. Yeah. Um and it's at the same time I'd say it's almost kind of safe. It's a safe movie. It's like one night it was like, hey, I I wonder if my parents have seen this. I feel like we could sit down and watch it together. There's nothing particularly like yeah, crazy. And- that, but, that comes down to our good friend, the Hayes Code again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently they were not thrilled with the overtones of socialism. <laughs> so and that was something I wanted them to go into. Just like you guys are trying then they back up. Like, it's like you said, it's just it's something that gets mentioned in a scene. And then the next scene, it's like uh, it's it's looming. But that's all it does is loom. It's it's one of the few times I've ever really forgiven that kind of studio interference because, you know, we're pretty much on the precipice of war at this point and things are really heating up over in England. Mm. Yeah. And a lot of it's for it to still be as dire and dismal as it is. Yeah. Is impressive to me when a lot of people are like, eh, we don't really want that kind of entertainment. Right. <laughs> we need the field goods or we need the. uh the war looking stuff. So it's one of the few times where I've looked at it and went, okay, I understand at this point, the world pretty much sucks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's no way we didn't know that we weren't going to be heading into war soon. And we would be by the year's end. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, by the time this Academy award ceremony comes around two and a half months after Pearl Harbor, you know, everybody's on pins and needles about it. Yeah. 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 <sighs> So I'm going to bring up another thing here. Um, goddamn inconsistencies on accents. Just. <laughs> That's fair. Fine. Like, <laughs> all right. All right. Here comes a whole shit ton of notes. <laughs> this movie was going to be directed by William Wyler, who left to do the little foxes because he thought it was a little more juicy. And uh, they were going to shoot it in Wales. But with the constant bombardment of the United Kingdom, it was unsafe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to shoot in California and they built that entire, that entire coal mining town just on a hill. Really well done. Like really, really well done sets. Like you, you cannot deny that. Yeah. So, you know, they just kind of went with the actors they could get because, Mm. you know, not a lot of Welsh people would be available at this time. Yeah. And uh, uh, little Roddy McDowell, who I love in this film. Yeah, <laughs> he is really he is really good. Yeah, yeah. incredible. Uh, apparently, had only been in America after escaping the bombings for two weeks before he got this role. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Damn. <laughs> but yeah, um, they did. They did bring in like Welsh singing groups. So all the all the songs and all the background, a lot of the background actors are Welsh. Mm-hmm. and er, performed in uh, the True Tongue. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well done. Um, I don't know the uh, the makeup of uh, Irish uh, people coming in or the, the closeness of an Irish and Welsh accent, but it seemed like uh, some Irish popping through sometimes. It's, it's like the Gaelic tongue is very, was common in both. Yeah. So yeah. it just kind of, but I know like Welsh is a little bit more difficult. So I think it might be more difficult now. Uh, I think yeah, modern Welsh, Welsh is, is more difficult. More, is a lot more consonants. There's a yeah. lot of vowels in, in Gaelic. Yeah, yeah, guys, I, man, I really wish I, I, I had more to talk about in this film. I really hope Paul's got just notes upon notes because just, mm. like I said, I really wanted to like this movie and I, I didn't want to hate it and I didn't, I didn't want to dislike it. And I didn't, I just could not enjoy this one. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what I needed from this film to yeah. really pull me into it. And it just, it, it, it tried so hard. Yeah. I guess uh, it's one of those ones where there's probably little things that, that didn't hit you that maybe did hit me. Like I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the relationship of Mr. And Mrs. Morgan and then their little back and forth. and. Mm-hmm. And and those were the things that I did enjoy. In fact, I enjoyed the um, the boy and the uh, the deacon that went out and 
when he you know got him to finally start walking i i thought that was yeah. just really good content there and yeah i think walter pigeon is really good in that role too oh, yeah. yeah and yeah, i just i i think the interactions between the sons like i think any of the other sons i could not say who was who throughout the entire film <laughs> like at all it's like do you matter at all i'm not sure i think you do um it's kind of hard when they were just always like there together <laughs> yeah so yeah. i especially I, I when just... they're covered in mind dust and exactly <laughs> <laughs> um but no i i just like i said it's it's a lot of just really you know good moments and just excellent scenery excellent cinematography and it's just the story itself did not pull me in maybe yeah. i just don't care about welsh coal miners fuck them <laughs> after die yeah i yeah i gotta say i had pretty much the opposite reaction i i was sucked mm. into this film i loved every bit of it i i got a little weepy when the two boys left for america while they were having the party and the one brother's celebrating that he gets to go perform before the queen yeah yeah i oh man and the ending when donald crisp dies just knocked me on my ass like i was i, I cared about this family much more than um cavalcade That's okay. yeah. oh yeah oh yeah and i like the family of cavalcade and I, i'm still very much agreeing with you way yeah. more but but again it, it i don't even think it's the whole family like i i loved the parents i loved the kid yeah those are the only three people I can make out. I like the sister. What about Maureen O'Hara? Well, yeah. yeah, okay. So this is. I, I, I liked her a lot. Yeah. She was excellent in this film. Yeah. She was. Uh, young and only 21. Uh, apparently, Maureen O'Hara got kicked off of the set for about an hour because she complained that her basket wasn't uh, period appropriate. Oh. Well. Uh, props for she, her. Uh, Get her a different prop, that is. Yeah, when when she came back, when she came, (laughs) it took me a second. You son of a bitch! (laughs) When she came back, John Ford replaced it. So nice, good for her indeed. Yeah, yeah. And apparently, that was really the only production snag they had because John Ford is such a perfectionist, and he knew what he wanted, and he got what he wanted. Good, very nice. So, so I really don't have a ton, a ton of notes, but you know, essentially. So is there something related? I'm sorry to interrupt. It. Is there something related to like uh, when I mentioned the black and white? Is there? A- um, so they shot it in black and white because the California hillside that they shot on did not look like the Welsh countryside. <laughs> and they, they did not want to to give it away that they did not shoot in Wales and. So they were like, well, let's shoot it in black and white. And people could just <laughs> deal with it because it was going to be shot in Technicolor. Yeah. Ah, well, once, fair enough. Once access to Wales disappeared for them, they were like, well, you know, we'll just roll with the changes like Ario Speedwagon song. And they did. <laughs> <laughs> they probably could have changed the name of the movie then. No, it's based <laughs> I, on a I book, just, though. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> based on a book and, you know, the how green was my valley is supposed to be a little metaphorical yeah. as well as literal, yeah. but I didn't see a single damn valley the entire time. <laughs> we're in a valley. <laughs> they were in the valley. Yeah. Did you see all the extras talking with a valley accent? Like Shaw. call. So now I want to see like a clueless my how green was my valley mashup. <laughs> clueless was my valley. <laughs> All right. So, uh, any other notes for us, Paul? Um, honestly, no. I just I think it's a beautiful film. It got me very teary eyed in multiple scenes, and uh, I can't think of whether their accents are are good or not. I can't think of a bad performance. Or just non-existent. Or non-existent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a good old man. All right, guys. So I think it's time to start asking those very important questions that I've already forgot what we're calling them, the Oscar judges. The worsty, the worsty judgments. judgments. The worsty judgments. I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down at some point. All right. So Zach, did this movie deserve Best Picture? So this is the conversation of the century. No, not quite that. Um, 
So obviously everybody will look at Citizen Kane and say, okay, now it's like referred to as perhaps the greatest movie of all time or the greatest movie ever made anyway, however you want to phrase it. Right. So I have to say, as much as I like it, there were at least two movies that are probably better and from a modern perspective have a longer impact, which would be Citizen Kane and the Maltese Falcon. So... I'm going to say no, but I really do like it. And another year, I would have liked it as best picture. Okay. Well said. Um, I'm kind of exactly with you, um, except for the problems of me not seeing any of the other movies. I know I'm the worst. I have not seen Citizen <laughs> Kane. <laughs> it's on the HBO Maxes. Yep. Tis. There are a lot of things that are on the everythings, and I still have not the- seen them. The Turner um, Classic Movies selection on HBO Max is incredible. They also have a lot of Criterion stuff on there. Oh, nice. Lovely. Yeah. I need um, to see Sergeant York, which Paul mentioned, Paul mentioned earlier. So I wanted to watch that this week, and it was on TCM, like the day after we recorded uh, the Rebecca episode, and then disappeared off the TCM app like the next day. Bastard. Bastard. Because because things don't stay on TCM for more than like three or four weeks. So mm, sure. Uh, sure. If something is on TCM, if we find it on TCM, we need to go into the app and find out what day it disappears. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but, but what I will say, I mean, of the movies that I've seen, does it deserve best picture? Yeah. It's the only one I've seen, but history speaks. And like, I mean, what citizen Kane was AMC's number one for the top 100 movies of the first hundred years of film. And, uh, like you, it, I mean, it's kind of hard to fight that. Like, why did this not win Best Picture? Uh, Politics, yeah, pretty much. Um, Orson Welles was not a very popular man in Hollywood. People mm. did not like him, and he pretty much got railroaded for the entire Oscars. He is also the first human being nominated for picture, director, screenplay, and actor. Okay, wow, the first person to get that quadruple threat. Yeah. Despite apparently he was not 25, writing. right? Yes. Insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Paul, did this movie deserve best picture? OK, so I didn't get to watch Sergeant York this week, but I know I love Sergeant York. And Gary Cooper's so good in it. It's an excellent film. Uh, I hope it pops up somewhere so I can watch it again. I really wanted to. That's one of the ones I just caught on Turner Classic Movies, but it's a great film. Um, I did get to watch Maltese Falcon, which is a perfect film, start to finish. And Jonathan, it's only like an hour 40. So, hey, this movie came in at uh, 158. So this one was shorter than two. Yeah. Uh, John Ford wanted it to be four. Of course he did. <laughs> I, I want to see that movie. I, 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 could, I couldn't. I couldn't do a four hour of this movie. Like, I, I will do it before I watch Gone with the Wind again. Mm-hmm. But well, no. Well, if it ever, if a four hour cut of this ever pops up, we're watching it. Fair, very fair. Um, okay. Uh, I got to watch The Little Foxes. The Little Foxes was the movie Gone with the Wind should have been. Okay. okay. I, I highly recommend that one. Uh, I forgot where I watched it. I think I watched it on Amazon. Um, I got to watch Hold Back the Dawn, which I found incredibly boring. Okay. Uh, I did not enjoy Perhaps that. Perhaps I shouldn't have held back so much. Yeah, they should have they should have given us a little more dawn. Gotcha. Uh and honestly, that film has already left my brain. I can't even remember what it's about. Nice. <laughs> well, good. Just... That's good that it's not taking up space. Yeah. Yeah. Now now I Oh, oh, it was a about a guy trying to swindle an American woman into marrying him so he could enter the United States. Same. It was very boring. Sure. I I I saw the the description. I was like, oh, this sounds like this should be an interesting uh, social commentary. And eh. no, yeah. Uh, Here comes Mr. Jordan. As I said, is a film that I really enjoyed. Uh, I I would not have nominated it for Best Picture, but I think it's a really good film, and I highly suggest it to anybody who gets to watch it. Okay. Uh, so everybody do that. And it's, of course, Citizen Kane, again, a perfect film. Uh, it changed the language of cinema. Sure. Orson Welles was doing things with a camera. Nobody was doing in 1941. Yeah. 
and the film is incredible. It's beautiful. It's it has this nonlinear storyline that again was not being done in 1941. And yeah. he was able to capture moments of a human being's life that that felt raw and honest. And he's so yeah. good in it too. God, he's that, so good in it. He movie. is, and, and the makeup too to make that 25 year old man look like an old man. It was yeah. Yeah, for maybe one close up towards the end where you can kind of see it. But <laughs> um, that being said, I like how green was my valley better than all those movies. I wow. think it's incredible. Oh, wow. And wow. I think this absolutely deserved best picture. I think based on merit. Okay. And again, uh, the National Film Registry thought it was important enough to put it in the second class. Yeah. 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 And if it wasn't for Citizen Kane and Maltese Falcon going up against it, it probably would have gone in the first class. Okay. Actually, did a John Ford film go in in the first class? Probably. I feel like one did. Because um, that that actually probably would be why. Yes. Grapes of Wrath. Grapes of Wrath. Okay. That's sure, right. Sure, yeah. sure. Grapes of Wrath goes in first class. Though Victor Fleming gets gone with the wind and Wizard of Oz. So I don't know why. Uh, yeah. It, it's all subjective anyway. So sure. As much as fun mm-hmm. as I like debating and talking about movies, it doesn't matter. That's right. Um, but nonetheless, I think this is our best picture and, uh, I think it's an incredible film. So, and, and I know this is kind of coming out of nowhere, but just because you're the, uh, you're the guy to go to, to ask these kind of questions. And I feel like it's something that we should ask a little bit more often every year. Do you think there was something that wasn't nominated that should have been in 41? And I apologize that I'm throwing this at you just now. No, no, that's yeah. fine. Let me just go look up the 1941 uh, the Alfred Hitchcock comedy Mr. and Mrs. Smith comes out this year, which is shockingly not what the uh, the Brad Pitt movie is based on. Yeah. I actually watched that movie because of the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith coming out. I was like, oh, let me go watch this. Not the same thing. Yeah. Um. Let's see. There's uh, The Black Cat, which is a really good horror film. I don't see any other like big ticket things that I... <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm waiting <laughs> Sorry, for Sorry, Trav. That scared the shit out of me. That was wonderful. Fuck. No, honestly, short of just giving Hells a Pop and a nomination to give Hells a Pop and a nomination. That's not even the right Hells a Pop, and so I wouldn't give sure. that one a nomination anyway. Uh, a lot of a lot of films that I know the titles of but are not the right film. You know, Fair what? enough. Anyway, uh no. I, no. I think okay. I think honestly, in 1944, we're gonna scale back to five. And I think if I had to pick my my top five films in 1941, they're all they're all in there. They're all in here. Okay, I do. I do. Suspicion, York, Falcon, How Green Was My Valley, and Citizen Kane. I think that I think that's the top five of 41. Okay, Mm -hmm. and even Clark Gable's Honky Tonk. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the full title? Clark Gable's Honky Tonk. Clark Gable's Honky Tonk. (laughs) It was the first made. straight to video um for home viewing thing ever made it's a it's a dance instructional video actually actually that movie yeah. did pretty good on the budget and then nine hundred thousand budget with a almost four million box office that's a all right so what uh the, basically paul you got more homework for every other episode now okay Final um, movies that you think of. yeah oh yeah, no i'm a research to guy to research more movies <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now it's time to ask the more important question. Paul, is this the worst best picture? No. In fact, it's my new number one. <gasps> really? Uh, da, da, da. Wow. So much. <laughs> wow. And it, I don't know if it's going in knowing that this is the only John Ford film to ever win Best Picture. Maybe that has something to do with it, but could be. I loved this movie back when I saw it in high school or college or whenever I saw it. I love this movie now, and I'm glad I rewatched it. I think this is currently the best Best Picture. Wow. wow. That, I, I am shook. <laughs> <laughs> I And I gotta say, when I was punching it into my list, I sat there for probably just 10 minutes, like, do I move this? To number one, what do I do? <laughs> um, I will say personally, no, it is definitely not the worst best picture. Uh, Gone with the Wind still is the absolute worst garbage. 
Um, <laughs> so wrong. But this this is just above my middle picks. Uh, I think I put it in between Rebecca and then it happened one night. I like mm-hmm. it happened one night just a little bit better than this one. So, Zach, how green was my valley? Worst <laughs> best picture? <laughs> no. I thought you were asking me for a second personally. Like, <laughs> How green is your valley? Or how green is my, my valley? My wife and I were making a lot of valley jokes. Uh, <laughs> like, no, this is not, not the worst best picture. It's it's probably my top five. I'm not sure quite. I need to sit down and look at my look at my order now. Mm. That's why but, I love Letterboxd. Uh, yeah. I signed up now and I followed you. I saw you return the follow. So I'll get some content up on there soon. I need to start doing that. Because unlike uh, Gwen Stefani, I am a follow back girl. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I think that's where we're going to go ahead and call it here today. Um, uh, ooh, real quick, something I did want to point out just before we finished here, and I gotta find it. Um, point it with your big finger. Ball of Fire is free on Pluto TV. A Pluto. Ooh, nice. Ah. So, just letting you guys know to find I Ball think of I Fire. I already have. I usually, if if it doesn't cost to get a subscription to something, I usually download it onto the PS4. So there you go. Nice. All right. So my name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on Twitter at Altorn underscore Occam. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Altorn underscore Occam. When I start playing video games again, I'm going to start picking that up a little bit soon. The child is starting to get more of a <clears throat> a schedule down. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Uh, Zach, where can we find you, buddy? You can follow me on Critiker at Zach Mester, spelled with an X, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R. I post my short movie reviews. Um, and I'll save my letterbox information for next time when I have a little, how about you, Paul? And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and now letterboxed at father of the fear. Yay. He got changed. Paid the $19. I'm cross platform now. (laughs) All right. All of them have the exact same, uh, the exact same profile picture too. So you'll be able, you'll be able to tell it's me. Uh, so that's where you can find me. Excellent. What are we watching next week, Zach? Next week we're watching Mrs. Miniver, which is or could be Mrs. Miniver. I'm not sure. I yet. think it's Miniver. Miniver. Mrs. Miniver, uh, which you can find on Amazon, YouTube, Google, Vudu, Sling TV, and Hulu. Ooh. I have a copy of that on DVD, so I'm gonna bust that out. Or I might watch it on Hulu for the higher definition. We'll see. <laughs> We'd like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. You can follow the show on Twitter at Oscar Worsty Pod and on Facebook at The Oscar Worsty Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It really, really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. For Jonathan and Zach. I'd like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>